fence. Your plan is to climb a fence into a military base? Holiday, I can barely make it into the treehouse. I'll climb. You keep a lookout for the guards. Halls, if they catch you. And you're already climbing. Just like Ninja Warrior. <laughs> Why do I bother? Holiday, be careful. There's barbed wire up there. Yeah, I noticed. Wait, what is that? The guards. They're heading this way. We've got to get out of here. Holiday, get down. Hurry. Give me a sec. We don't have a sec. What's taking so long? I'm stuck on the barbed wire. You've got to get down. Now. Wait. Not until we record six minutes rewind. Just a heads up to the listeners, this show is for people who have already listened to all of Six Minutes. There will be spoilers. There are kids in this world who are different. Special. They look like us and they act like us. But they are not us. And one of them is missing. Welcome to Six Minutes Rewind, the show where we re-listen to our favorite show, Six Minutes, go behind the scenes, and give out our six awards with Six Minutes creators, cast members, and even other superfans like you. I'm Jessica Fisher, Gen Z Media Marketing Coordinator and Six Minutes Superfan. Today we are talking about episodes 13 through 15, Six Minutes of Suspicion, Six Minutes Breaking into a Military Base, and Six Minutes of Hovey to the Rescue. With me today are GZM Chief Production Officer, Editor, Composer, Chris Terry, Chief Creative Officer, Head Writer, David Kreisman, and Cyrus himself, Zef. What? Hey! What? Cyrus is here! Hi! Are you serious? We have a a total (laughs) celebrity in our midst. 100%. Yeah, I'm absolutely geeking out right now. It's so nice to meet you, Zef. It's nice to meet you, too. That's cool. <laughs> I would love to know what it was like uh, getting the role. How old were you? Like, how many years ago was that? So many questions. So many questions. Oh, yeah. No, I was, it was very strange. I was listening to the episodes earlier today, and I, I realized that I was 13 when I first started wow. doing this, which is very crazy. I am now 17. It's been a while. I, I remember reading the initial script. I actually, I had no idea what a podcast was. <laughs> so I, I remember asking a friend, like, hey, uh, do you know what this thing is? And they were like, oh, yeah, it's like radio, but for millennials, which was interesting. Yep. But I remember just, like, reading through that script, and at that, like, stage in time, I was super into shows like Stranger Things. And I just remember, like, oh, wow, this is this is actually really interesting. I want to see where this goes. And I was like, yeah, even if I don't get this role, I'm definitely going to listen, because I want to know where this plot is going. Just based on, like, the first initial clip of... Mm. And we talked about before how you guys would never know where the story was going, basically, until you got that month's scripts. Uh, so it was always fun to come in and you'd be like, what's going to happen next? Or the surprise when you'd find out, you know, who and what holiday was. Uh, we were always looking forward to seeing what your reactions would be. Yeah, that was really fun. That's super cool. That was equally fun and aggravating. I'm not sure I completely <laughs> forgive you for that. <laughs> but Yes. Yeah, we would never give anything away. Sometimes we wouldn't know the answer, but sometimes, we, <laughs> but a lot of times we did know the answer and we still wouldn't tell you. 
Well, I would just always, like, whenever there was a big plot reveal or something, I would always wonder, like, how long have they known about this? Because I did not see this coming. <laughs> so, Yeah, sometimes, sometimes the answer is uh, the day before we wrote it. And then, but a lot of times the answer would be we've known it for a year. So combination mm-hmm. of those two, yes. Zeph, tell mm-hmm. me, did, has there been any interesting things that's happened to you as, as somebody who was, uh, you know, one of the stars of Six Minutes? Like, has somebody come up to you or like random people? Has there ever been somebody who, or is really into podcasting and they, you just happen to run into somebody who's into Six Minutes? Has there ever been like a behind the scenes story of somebody recognizing you? There was actually, once like the show started to pick up and get a lot more attention, I woke up one morning to a lot of Instagram followers um, <laughs> from the specific targeted age range and a lot of DMs that were asking if I was, in fact, Cyrus Anders. And that was very, very sweet. I tried to respond to as many of them as possible. That was a really good feeling. And then also later, once I learned what a podcast was <laughs> and started like listening to others, I downloaded the app and like the first few episodes of Six Minutes just kind of naturally like popped up on my page, which I found really interesting. So there were like oh. some fun interactions like that. That just means Alexa's listening. Oh, yeah. that's right, exactly. maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, that sneaky girl. <laughs> I, I would say, Chris, I don't know if you agree, but one of the questions I get asked the most, we do a lot of classroom visits and, and they always want to know whether I wanted Cyrus to be with Brinley or Casey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I knew we were going to touch on this. Yes. We have so to. I wonder, it's is, is that a question that you've had to answer over the years? I, I've had to answer it once or twice, yeah. And do you have an answer? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have to say, I was very much in favor of Cyrus and Casey for a very, very wow. long time. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until, like, those last few episodes when I started to realize, like, okay, but Casey, Casey has places to be. She has things that she can be doing. She's she's kind of, like, all right on her own at this point in the story as we got to that, like, ending sort of part. Mm-hmm. And just watching the development of, like, Brinley and Cyrus's relationship and how they got closer just, like, as people, but then also in that sort of romantic sense. In the end, I was happy with how that relationship ended, yeah. Hmm. It was so well written over the course of such a long time. Like, Cyrus and Casey sort of hit it off right away, and Brinley and Cyrus came to really, you know, like each other over such a long period of time. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really such a great juxtaposition on the, on the two different ways you can meet somebody and have a relationship. You know, it's really interesting. I think I remember the first time that we put in, like, the, the first little hint of it, and you guys were in the studio, and I was like, are they really doing this? Is it really going to go there? Because they hated each other. She was so mean to him at first, but but she played it yeah. great. It was so fun to watch Cyrus go from this sort of you know bumbling guy to being really kind of suave and cool by the end. He's, being he's the girlfriend girl. guy, exactly two torn yeah. between these two girls. Oh my! God. That was it. Was amazing to me that he even managed to get one romantic interest, let alone two. Um, just like knowing who he was as a character. Good for him. Good yeah, for him. And so right. fun. Yeah. Good for him. We're happy for him. <laughs> I can't wait, Dave. You'll remember probably the the episode-ish number where, where this happens, but that scene <laughs> where he goes to James, his dad, to ask for advice, but doesn't tell him oh, who yeah. he's talking about. Yeah, he's using math and uh, I forget what the two subjects were that he's, right. he's referring to. Math and like band? Right. Yeah, I think that's I right. Think math and band. Something yeah. like that. I don't, remember yes. what, I don't remember what episode was that, that was, but that's one of the big scenes that stick yeah. out in my mind. Is such a, and, and then 
then at the end, when James goes away and, and says to Monica, she, she says, what, what did he want? And he says, I think he's having girl troubles right. or math, but I'm still not totally <laughs> still sure. Wasn't sure. Yeah, neither of them was really sure what the other was saying. That's great. That's really, really great. We could honestly debate about this for the full 45 minutes to an hour, but I think that we should get into the episodes. <laughs> um, so before we dive in, Zeph, would you ask your old friend Ivan for a brief recap? I would be honored. Hi, Ivan. How are you doing? Hello there, Zeph. Whoa, it's so nice to hear your voice again. Would you mind giving us a recap? It would be my pleasure. Episode 13, Birdie lies to her parents about the incident with the child catchers. Welcome to the team, Bird. Holly and Cyrus wonder if James is the one who sent the guys to grab Badger. A mysterious person interrogates Badger and mentions the four. Episode 14, Holiday, Cyrus, and Birdie overhear their parents talking and decide that maybe dad's bad and mom's good. Cyrus and Holiday try to sneak into the military base, but Holiday gets caught on the fence. Birdie's babysitting the hoverboard, which comes to life. Episode 15, Holly falls off the fence, but the hoverboard is there to save her. Monica makes chicken cutlets, but the kids decide that they can trust her. Meanwhile, Monica tells James she'll handle them. Ooh. Chicken Monica. <laughs> chicken, chicken Monica. Uh, do you remember anything from recording these episodes, Cyrus? Cyrus, LOL, Zeph. <laughs> <laughs> I have one really distinct memory, and I apologize because it doesn't really relate to the plot that heavily. But just at the beginning of episode 13, when Birdie is lying to the parents about, like, the incident with the child catchers and, like, kind of throwing them off that trail in favor of, like, Holiday and Cyrus, there's a Pokemon Go joke at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I remember that being really heavily debated, like, while the recording was actually happening. Because in the recording, Birdie says, like, Raikou the lightning dog. And I was like, it's actually Raichu the lightning mouse. But you know. <laughs> um, I do so remember I, that. I remember good thing somebody knows. Yes. I definitively remember that one moment. And I listened to it again. And I was, I was reminded. And then also just the Birdie delivering the one line about chicken cutlets was maybe my favorite moment from the entire recording session. That yes. one is a good one. That's actually, if we can transition into the categories, for one of my one of my suggestions for best line of dialogue is is the lightning dog line. <laughs> oh, yeah, here it is. He's a fire dog on Pokemon Go. He's actually a lightning dog. <laughs> I feel oh, like we recorded I feel like we recorded that right after you told us that we were wrong. I think that is, in fact, what happened, yeah. Yep, yep. Dave and Chris, do you remember anything about recording these episodes before we get into the other dialogues? I had forgotten that this was all part of the very first recording session after the pilot. We did the first 21 episodes in one, in one day. What? Right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah, so this was before we had switched over to doing kind of 10, 10 or 11 episodes at once. Uh, which is kind of amazing because I, I feel like these episodes is where it really kind of kicks in. We, the characters are really, it's clear who they are. We've got the team together. I, I was in my head, this was like our next recording session. We'd had time in between, but uh, it was all one day. Yeah, I don't think people realize that there was a good, how long, Dave? Six, six to seven months or so between when we did the pilot to when we started coming. It might have even been longer. Really? Where we started, where, yeah, where we started coming into, um, I mean, that's what we do with all our shows. We do a pilot and oftentimes there's a long, we learn a lot of stuff from that pilot and then, you know, uh, we push on to the season, which helps us sort of figure stuff out. Um, so oftentimes there's a big space, but I can't remember what it was on this day, but that- I don't think it was that long because 
we did. I think it was maybe a maybe only two or three months. Right. I don't know if you remember Zeph, but but yeah, but we did a whole bunch at once. We did you know twenty one episodes, which was which was which was a lot. That's that's a lot because we we ended up doing ten at a time. Yeah, we ended up yeah. doing ten at a time. But it did give us the ability to jump ahead in terms of post production and stuff on it and get a good batch finished before we went back in. And then we sort of sort of sort of hit our stride in terms of the number we were doing every month. That's bonkers. It is. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> wow. All right. So do you want to get into the other uh, best yeah, yeah. What, uh, what lines else, of dialogue? What, what else we got? Next up, it's a birdie line. It's the uh, helicopter, G.I. Joe's, tatered. Oh, such a so, <laughs> so good. My favorite one. Wait until you hear how we got chased by this helicopter. And then this van showed up and these guys like G.I. Joe's jumped out and tatered Badger. Taser. They tasered him. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was listening to that this morning, and it came up as one of my favorite lines of the of the episodes. And I, I don't know if you ever get this, Dave. You're just thinking like, "Oh my gosh, what?" Do, I almost wanted her to say, "That's what I said." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have another birdie line up next. And I won't on one condition. Conditions? You're nine. Almost ten. So no more birdies too little. No more doors getting slammed in my face. No more secrets. I'm part of the club now. And you tell me everything. Or I tell mom and dad everything. I love Good she's, character development. Yeah, she's blackmailing everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, I feel for her. Because in the monologue in that last episode, and she's like, I'm all left out. Like, she's standing up for herself. I like it. Yeah, they deserve it. They've been, they have been keeping her out of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and also she definitely isn't the only character to invoke blackmail throughout the course of this show. <laughs> that so. is very true. What do we got next? Let's see. Uh, oh, we got a Cyrus. A fence. Your plan is to climb a fence into a military base. Holiday, I can barely make it into the treehouse. <laughs> Which is the be- beginning of a kind of series running joke of Cyrus not liking to climb high things and always having to do it. <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah. I have a, a note of Moody Cyrus. I hate climbing things. Oh, yeah. let's let's play that right now. I hate climbing things. <laughs> <laughs> that is that I, that is a very good line, Reed Steph. I It's so moody. It's so you know. Yeah, absolutely. Thirteen. He's he's a man who doesn't like climbing things, what can I say? (laughs) I'm a big fan of this line, just because it is possibly, I think, the most Cyrus Sanders line that appears throughout the show. Like, if you had to pick one, I think this might be it. Yeah, that might be it. (laughs) Well, but also just the original one of, like, a fence, your plan is to climb a fence, because I think that showcases his relationship with Holiday really well, as well as establishing his fear of heights. So it works in, like, both fronts of two of his main sort of character things. Absolutely. Yeah, he wants, a, he wants an intricate plan, and her plan is just, just to climb and barrel through stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm on his side about, about that, like on Cyrus's side, that I'm like, Holiday, what do you mean? Like, you're going to climb a fence. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's not a great plan. It's not a great plan. There's another really awesome Cyrus line that I'd love to skip to. I think it's the Aladdin magic carpet one. Here we go. Yes. Like Aladdin's magic carpet or Thor's hammer. Oh man, what if it's an AI? This might be the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love those those Cyrus nerdy lines. And has the, has the Cyrus thinking music underneath it. Oh, <laughs> Cyrus sure. thinking music. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Do you hear that in your head when you're thinking, Zeph, sometimes? 
it, I might start now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Birdie uh, with the hoverboard in the closet right here. Sit in the closet, hoverboard. Think about what you've done. Or not done. Like, turn on. And I'll just wait here, talking to myself. I do like that. Think about what you've done. So great. We always throw to our, our special guest, Zeph, to pick the best line of, line of dialogue. So out of those ones, what, what do you think is your favorite? Out of the ones we've done so far, I might have to go with that last birdie line. Lily Brooks has delivered so many good lines in the course <laughs> oh, of yeah. six minutes. I, I definitely remember just like waiting in the booth when there was a big chunk of Cyrus not being present and just getting to listen to birdie scenes and just enjoying every second of it. And just a very, very clear character comes across in really everything she does within this show. And that line, it just makes me very happy. Totally agree. I agree. Good All choice. Right, Lily, you good win this choice. One. You know, I also want, this is probably a good time to mention too, you know, one of my favorite parts about the whole show, and I'd love to get your take on it, Zeph, is how close you all, like how much of a, like a real family you became over the course of the 205 episodes. I mean, we're hearing you guys at the, sort of the beginning of this, you know, but over the course of the years that we were in the studio recording it, you guys all just became so close and you, be, you became like a real family. I mean, obviously you guys felt that from the acting point of view. I just w- wanted to see if you, if you had a second to speak about that and how, you know. Yeah, it was very clear there was a very, like, distinct sense of excitement that came with, like, taking the train down to the studio and, like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to see everybody for the first time Mm. in this long. And just, like, walking into the booth and having, like, all the snacks set up (laughs) outside. (laughs) And it was was really nice. It definitively felt like we were getting closer as things went on and just, like, gossiping about what we thought was happening with the plot and, like, where we thought it was Mm. all going and, um... That was very exciting, especially when, like, someone was pulled into the room and, like, told a secret fact that the rest of the cast <laughs> didn't oh, get I to know. <gasps> there was that kind of thing, like, oh, well, I mean, obviously you can't That's tell me, evil. but, like, what is it? What is it? What did I tell you? <laughs> um, I forgot so we used it was, to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then when you would have a character that disappeared for a chunk of time, just, like, entering that room and, like, looking around for the voice actor, seeing if they've come back yet. There was definitely a greater sense of, like, family that built up slowly over the course of the recordings. Oh, that's That's awesome. I realize that I missed a couple, but I think we have have plenty to choose. Yeah, there was was a lot of great lines, although the other lines were the chicken cutlets ones, so those (laughs) those were pretty pretty (laughs) solid lines. They were, they were. Well, so what's the next category, Jess? Best sound design, of course. Ooh, my favorite. Are you kidding? I have James's first line because I think the underscoring to that is so good. Birdie, did you see something in the woods? Dad, I told I you. I wasn't talking to you, Holiday. That, that, like, <laughs> you know, whatever By that the way, is. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a James monologue that was in, I don't know if it was this episode or the one before, <clears throat> where they're sitting around the campfire and he tells this really scary story about what? something that happened at the military base mm-hmm. where a gas escaped and it kind of turned the soldiers into vampires. It was just, it was like, it was like a page, page I and a half that. long. I remember that. And we heard it and it was great. And he, 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 Mike was really scary when he was telling it. And then we were like, I think this might be t- like too scary and, <laughs> and maybe doesn't really need to be in this episode. But we, we kept it, and we were like, maybe we'll use this for something else someday. Uh, we should totally go dig that yeah. out and play yeah, it on, play it on it. Rewind. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I can find that. Did you write that monologue, Dave? I don't know. I mean, I, 
I did. I worked on some of it, certainly, but I don't remember where it came from exactly. But it was it was very scary. Yeah, and that sound design cue under that that music cue underneath him is is a standard scary cue we go to all the time, which has has that big sort of um, boom happen. It's really it's always like, oh oh, this is about to get scary. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Here come the soldier vampires. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So next we got Walking on Leaves. That's just a whole bunch of walks. That's it. I just thought it was cool sounding. I thought it just sounded like leaves. It probably isn't even really leaves. It's it's probably like saran wrap or something. Right, right. I also love the tent scoring. Let's see. Tent scoring. Holiday. Are you awake? Like I could sleep. I've been thinking about tonight. Taking one piece of data at a time so I'm not overwhelmed. Good luck with that. Those men in the van tonight. Bertie called them G.I. Joes. You think they worked for the government? It was dark. They were all in black. Not like ninjas. More like... What were they called in the spy movie? You like... Black Ops. And explain how Bertie knows Badger? He found her outside the hospital the day you pulled me from the water. And then he coincidentally showed up at the soccer practice. We've got the Manos, Manos Hands of Fate music behind it, too. <laughs> do, 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 I also, the tent sound, the tent, the zipping and the fabric. Oh, good stuff. I always love it. I always love it when that comes together. You know, we talk about this, too, Zeph. We talked about this in the last episode about how when you guys are recording, you don't hear any of that. Mm-mm, no. I think that there may have been a few times, the many times we were in the studio, that we may have, I think, Dave, brought in stuff to play for them to get an idea of what it was going to sound like. Because a lot of times, you know, people don't know, but a lot of times we would, well, all the time, we would record the 10 episodes we were on. And then at, after we were done that, we would go back and get pickups that we needed for the previous 10, which mm-hmm. were further along in production. So basically almost finished and needed like some pickup lines to sort of either better tell the story or, you know, uh, needed a little more intensity. And so I think sometimes we would bring in a few little clips and then play it for you guys just so that you sort of had, oh, you're like, oh, that's what it's going to sound like, you know, but, (laughs) (laughs) but in general, I mean, there was never any, you were just, you're just talking into a microphone. Yeah. I remember that was, it was, there were a lot of scenes that took place with either in helicopters or with helicopters very nearby. (laughs) And so there were a lot of times when we would have to be like, just get a subtle reminder that was like, guys, helicopters, louder, please. You know? Um, Yes, Yes, talk over helicopters. Yes, exactly. Um, And just like the guys stand back from the microphone and just yell really loud from across the room. And it's funny because like the way the booths were set up, you can see like the other voice actors and you can like make eye contact with them and you can like really interact and see what everyone's doing. So in a scene where you would have to be running away from something and just watching everybody like jog in place in a circle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, a lot of the times when we did have to do those pickup lines, it was based around like sound cues and things of that nature. Yeah. Well, these, these scenes with holiday really have are really well acted. Like I love this tense scene. Like there's, there's a lot of, stakes and like clearly y'all are are acting well together and it really does sound like you're like close in a tent whispering and I guess that's another example not you standing back and yelling but uh, it's it's hard to imagine you just standing in front of a microphone instead of being crouched in a tent for that part you know that's the same concept but sort of the opposite a lot of times we were having, having to get them to whisper you know so imagine that you're trying not to be heard you know 
kind of thing. Uh, That's so cool. Birdie hitting the hoverboard. Oh, this is. Oh, I love this. Coming. Birdie, what are you doing to Holiday's hoverboard? I can't get this stupid thing to work. <laughs> oh, that's one I'd like to have over. Sounds like a pickaxe. I know. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, it reminds me of RuneScape, like doing RuneScape. <laughs> probably, it probably is. I mean, that's one that I would have. I would have liked to put a little bit of more of a wood sound in there or something. But I think at that point we were, uh, you know, still getting it together. RuneScape really aged me. I could have said Minecraft, but <laughs> I was going to say Minecraft. <laughs> Let's see what do we got next. Let's follow Dad scoring. Were they talking about me? One way to find out. We have to follow Dad. I'll get my bike. No, Bernie. You stay here. We had a deal. You don't shut me out, and I don't tell Mom. We're not shutting you out. You have the most important job of all. Love it. Yeah. The thing that I love about that cue and that we didn't hear is that we're leading into the um. The big sort of ending. And just as one of those random things that me and like maybe six other people in the entire world would even care about. But for whatever reason, sometimes these magical things happen where you pick a cue or have a cue of music go into the, out, you know, the theme that com- comes out of the show and they happen to be the exact same tempo. And that's what happens there. You can't hear it. You can't hear it. But if you listen to that, if anybody listening listens to that episode and listens to that moment, you'll hear it goes into the um, the outro theme and they're very close in, in tempo. And that always makes me really happy. Interesting things make sound designers happy. That's you know, true. Like that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast, and especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed. The ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. Um, Next off, Cyrus falling off of his bike. Holiday, I made it home. I'm pulling into the driveway. Call or text, just let me know. Hey you're there, Sai. Ah! Coming in for a landing! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a pretty bad crash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he doesn't even say he's hurt after or anything. Yeah, it like, sounds like you he went hear, down you hard. You can hear the wheel continuing to spin after. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I think that my favorite, this is one of my favorite ones that we have on the list, is when Holiday kicks Cyrus under the table. <laughs> it's so great. It's just one of my favorite moments of these three episodes. I signed on to help with the decorations. There's a school dance. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. It's, it's a good sound, too. I think we have like to listen to that can... again, because I think, the yeah, great, yeah. I, think I added in uh, like some of the plates rattling, too. Yeah. yeah. I signed on to help with the decorations. There's a school dance. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Gosh, that's going to be hard to beat. Zeph, what do you Uh, think out of all those examples? You know which one I'm in love with. Once again, I'm going to have to go with the last one. It's the little things that make a big difference, like the, the subtle clink of like the dishes and just the timing of that whole thing like with the lines and the audio cues it just sits very nicely together yeah i think it's i think it's the quickness in which you say ow also make it fun like <laughs> i signed on to help with the decorations timing, yes. there's a school dance ow 
That's, That's so amazing. Good. Okay, holiday Kickstarter under the table is the sound design winner this this week. Violence wins. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what do you got? You got a category here. Just three. The plot thickens. Yes, the plot thickens. So this is a category we haven't done yet, but I actually I like this category. I think it has potential. So. It's about we learn something. We get a crumb of something that's going to grow into something bigger. So Badger's captor asks him about the four. And I think there's a – I think if you listen real close to this one, there could be a celebrity uh, a celebrity sighting doing the voice. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Where am I? Oh, now I remember. You caught me. Hello, Badger. Probably wondering why you're chained to that chair. Not really. After all these years, we find you in Alaska, of all places. Why? I'm really into glaciers. Don't get smart. I left my family to be here tonight. Did you find one of the four in Alaska? Don't know what you mean. Whoever it was, you might as well tell us. Because if we find them on our own, it might not be so pleasant. Powerful. <laughs> Powerful. And the Oscar goes to Dave as the, the Oscar. Thank you so Dave. much. Yes. I remember there was a lot of discussion about this because originally we were going to have Mike do this because we right. were trying to. There's yeah. going to be some misdirection that that was James in there. Yep. Um, but I think when we listened to it, it always sounded too much like him. And so he decided to just. Use me instead. Right. The idea was is that it could be James. We wanted mm-hmm. to sort of make right, it think like because I left you... my family for this. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we tried James with a voice thing on, but it sounded too much like him. Yeah. Right, Dave? Yeah. And we, we uh, and then got Dave to do it. And it's sort of, sort of supposed to be him, but you're not sure. All along, it's actually Birdie's soccer coach. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I happen to be sitting in the room, so where can we find an actor to do this role? Exactly. Wait, really? Yeah. Let's just use him. Well, we, were editing, we were editing it, and we decided that we didn't want to use Mike, and I was sitting there. So yeah. put me in, Coach. What happens? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Put me These in. These are coach. the moments that I wait for. Well, the next one in the plot thickens is uh, Hovey springs to life when Holiday is in jeopardy, and I think we finally. What are we on episode? This this is where we finally laid into the what became the Hovey sound for here on out. Come on. What the? I know that sound. The hoverboard? How did it get here? And why is it coming straight towards me? Slow down! Yes! I'm free! Oh, whoa. Did you just catch me? We'll figure this out later. Go board. And go fast! Yeah, so that's the first time we realize how connected Holiday and, and Hovey are, even though we haven't even named mm-hmm. him Hovey yet. But Oh, my gosh, that's so true. Even though it's in the title of the episode. But you get the oh, sense really? <laughs> that, that Hovey springs to the rescue. And oh, that's something so we'll, funny. We'll come back to a lot. And the first one, of course, first time we mentioned the four, and that's really not paid off until episode 100 when we meet uh, Adam and Cam. Mm-hmm. So we're really laying the groundwork. Yeah, yeah was that intentional to, like, leave it for another 85 episodes? Yeah, that was – we definitely knew that that was going to be a long time before we met the rest of the four. Mm, okay. I'm not sure we knew who they were at that point, exactly who those characters were going to be, but we knew they were – that Holiday and Badger were, were two of the members. 
Also unrelated, I love Badger just saying, I'm really into glaciers. Like, we didn't review that, but I, it's so good. His delivery is incredible. I also wonder when I hear that, we, when he says, and we find you in Alaska of all places, my mind goes like, well, of course he'd be in Alaska. That's where Whittier is. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, where are Alaska of all places, right? There are Whittier Corp headquarters all around That's the world. true. That's very, very true. Next up. Oh, no, we have to choose. We have to choose for the plot thickens. Steph, what do you think, Zeph? What, yeah. I, I'm going to have to go with the first one just because of what an unbelievably slow burn it was. <laughs> I, I actually remember like forgetting about the four and then re-remembering the four at that later episode and just being like, Wait, but that's the, when the, oh, but what? And getting very excited about it. I love that you had the same journey as a lot of the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that Sam and Isabella, who were Adam and Cam, were probably the first two actors that ever joined the fold, right? Well, after after Isabella played Casey, but they're the mm-hmm. only other ones that ever came in to record. All the other characters would, would record separately. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, they were kind of the only ones to sort of join the team. Yeah, it's true. Oh, Adam. Well, we got another new uh, category this week, which looks really cool, and there's only a single entry, but I think it's, you know this is completely warranted. This was a Dave. Dave, would you like to speak on this? Sure. So, so I'm calling this I'm calling this category actor rewind. This is when <laughs> actors show up playing a, another role on the show after they've already played one. Well, you so, just did that too. I, that's true. If I count, yeah, I've, yeah. I'm now the soccer coach. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm probably six roles, but so far two: the soccer coach <laughs> and and the creepy guy in the in the bunker. Uh, but this is uh, Graham <laughs> Rowat as Carl, who was also Mr. Strain. Well, if it isn't my favorite middle schoolers. Hey, Hey, Corporal Corporal Carl. Carl. What's up? How'd the first week of school go, guys? Super. But, you know, this whole school thing cuts into the family time. And now Dad has to work on the weekend? Yeah, that's a bummer. So we're surprising him for lunch. Wish my girls were more like you two. Thanks, Carl. We'll catch you on the way out. Uh, hang on, guys. Not so fast. Is there a problem? Working off a new clearance list today, Cyrus. You and Holiday aren't on it. But you know us. I can't let you in. Just following orders. Orders? Orders from who? He's doing his job, Sai. If we're not on the list, then we're not on the list. Sorry to bother you, Carl. We'll see Dad when he gets home. Hey, how's your mom doing? Tell her to come by sometime. <laughs> you got it. Bye, Carl. <laughs> what is what we, is that line? We actually had that? a lot. I remember having a lot of discussion about that line. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to be friendly, yeah. but okay. yes, the way he plays it, it is like, it's, like I'm, yeah. I'm not Something sure I want Carl talking to my mom. <laughs> How's your mom doing? Yeah, right. Hey. <laughs> Tell her I said hi. When we were doing it, I, I just remember, even no matter how, because Graham plays that part so great, and he's and Carl comes back a few times. You can only think about the Back to the Future, you know, where Biff says, "Hey, you know, say hi to your mom for me," <laughs> right. It's 100%. To me, that's where it comes so directly from that. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was also Mr. Strain. So Graham has the range. He does. He does a lot. I think there's even a couple other parts he does at various spots. Let's see. So best cliffhanger. We're on to best cliffhanger. Of course. Oh, here we go. This, this is good. So the first one was the clip we played about the four. We have reviewed that, and it is a very good one. Yep. The next up is actually Hovey removing herself from the closet. Um, hello? Is somebody in my closet? 
the hoverboard's alive. No, my window! Hoverboard, come back! Where are you going? <laughs> That's also a, a, some good sound there. I love the closet. Yeah, it was fun. That was a good one. I really like, I forget who I made this joke with, but at some point I was joking about someone about Hovey being like the giant eagles from Lord of the Rings that shows up whenever there's danger and just swooping in and carrying the characters away. That's mm -hmm. so true. Uh, let's see, what do we got next? James finds Holiday's shirt. Rip, the trio decide to tell mom what's up, and Monica knows exactly what to do. So much in this one. Yeah, this is fun. The I think is the first time we did kind of an intercut between two scenes. Yes. Yeah, it's a cool one. It's yeah, it a really great. cool scene. And I think we did it with a little bit of sound design between the things, so you get this idea that, the, that it's sort of fading out, fading into the different scenes. It's from her shirt. Holiday was trying to sneak in today. But why would she... James. Why else would you scale the fence? I think Holiday knows the truth. You really think we should tell Mom? Don't worry, Cyrus. If anyone will know what to do, it's Mom. Don't worry, James. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> so good. I didn't realize until listening to it now at this moment. I was obviously listening to it today, but right now I, no, I didn't realize that she's doing dishes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As they're doing she, dishes together. Yeah, they're doing dishes together. I mean, that's what I thought. I see them side by side, like one is washing, one is drying. No, absolutely. And that's sort of what also makes the scene transition, the little split scenes work because mm -hmm. you go from hearing the dishes to no dishes and then, you know, back again. So, Zeph, what do you think? Which one's your fave? Well, for the last one, through the entire like beginning arc of like subtly implying that, ooh, maybe the parents are evil, I never believed it for a second when that was happening. Ah. I had complete faith in uh, my character's parents to not be evil. But that does not change the fact that they would sometimes give line deliveries that would send chills down one's spine. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm still a very big fan of the four, so I might have to stand by that one regardless. Wow. I respect that. Yeah, I respect that yeah. too. It's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good choice. These are three good so. ones. And at this point in the story is actually when Cyrus starts to really doubt the parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, when he starts sort of like talking about their dad as if he is a traitor as opposed to if it's an idea, he's just very convinced. Right. There's that great scene where he's like, fact. And then he stays the thing. He's like, fact. Yeah. Fact. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yep. It was also, I have it in the notes, the James and Monica drama. They have reason to believe that James is no good right now because mm -hmm. of that little fight yeah, like that this. they overhear while they're in the treehouse. Yeah, this one. Monica, we can't talk out here. The kids were in their rooms last time I checked. They won't hear us. James, what's going on? Why did Grayling call you back to the base last night? Sigh. Mom's calling him out. Poof, let's listen. She's going to tell her. James, talk to me. Is this about her? Whoa. I can't talk about this. I have something important to deal with at the base. James, is it about her? I'll be home by dinner. Fine. I'm going to go pound some chicken cutlets. <laughs> her fine is so sad. She delivers that so well. Well, they're having a legit, uh, you know, yeah. husband and wife moment there. It's pretty cool. I will say... 
as a parent with kids with a treehouse, the first thing I would do is look up and see if the kids are in the treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. They're, they're in their bedrooms, of course. Right. It's just that classic movie moment where, where they're at the, underneath the treehouse and the kids just have their heads poking up over the edges. Like, it's like one of those movie, movie things. It's so great. That is funny. All right. Our last category is MVP, Most Valuable Player. And my first choice is, of course, Admiral Grayling. Hello, this is James. Admiral Grayling. Be right there. <laughs> what kind of disturbance? Exactly. Yeah. What kind of disturbance? I love it. More about the duck-sized horses. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. I love it. See, yes. I love that you remember <laughs> it's that. catching on. I love that yes. you remember that. Duck-sized horses. Yes, of course. Right, of course. Exactly. But next up, I have Birdie, because I love how she stands up for herself. Um, I don't think I have much clips of that, because we went over those lines in the beginning there. She has a lot of killer lines, too. It's a great few episodes for her. She's funny, and it's emotional. It's, it's great. Wait till you hear how we got chased by this helicopter, and then this van showed up, and these guys like G.I. Joes jumped out and tatered Badger. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good tatering. one. Exactly. And she tries her hardest to keep Hubby in the closet. He, he, like, Hubby just escapes. It's not, it's not Birdie's fault. But yeah, that yeah. leaves me to the last MVP, which is Hubby. So just Hovey in general being the MVP, this is, this is really where Hovey comes into his or her own because, like I said, this is where we really finally settled on what Hovey was going to sound like. I also noticed mm-hmm. in this episode, and this isn't something we did a lot, Dave, if you remember, but Hovey actually answers her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I remember having a lot of discussions in the beginning. We sort of had the same discussions when we were doing Mars Patel talking about Droney. Mm-hmm. This mm. idea that is Hubby going to sort of answer like Droney did in some in some cases, and I think in this early stage we were still sort of working through that. Yeah, sometimes sometimes Hubby would answer, and sometimes it definitely responded to her. But I wouldn't say it, they they didn't have conversations exactly. Yeah, and the other thing I remember about just working with the Hubby sound is that in long scenes where Hubby would be there for a long long time. We sort of cheated it a lot in ways that like, so if you know that Hovey's there. And then as the scene went on, Hovey would sort of, the sound of Hovey would like disappear. <laughs> yeah, so, especially the ones where a holiday would be flying for three minutes. Right, exactly. So just so that, so that, so that we could sort of, you know, you sort of establish it and then the listener sort of hears it. And then as it slowly fades away, you don't realize it, but you've got a lot more room for the dialogue and the music and all the other different sound designs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause that humming sound takes up so much real estate sonically that, it was really hard to sort of uh, to judge that, you know. Sonic real estate. Zeph, feel feel free to nominate yourself for MVP. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Zeph, you've been nominated every episode thus far. So. Yes, and I think you oh, won. What? I think you won once. You won. Yeah. Either the first or second episode. I think you won for. <laughs> I mean, he Good dives into the water in the first one. That's your, your your trophies in the mail. We should Thank keep you. track. Thank we should you. keep a little tally going. Yeah, I we was should. wondering. It's coming via hoverboard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so who's your favorite MVP, Steph? Oh, well, as great as Admiral Grayling was, um, I think it's probably <laughs> going to be between Birdie and Hovey. I think I'll have to choose Birdie, both because mm. just like the moments in these three episodes are very good like character progression for her. And to be fair, she does do a lot for them. Even, like, after this, there are a lot of cases of Holiday and Cyrus maybe not taking her as seriously as they should, really, and sort of underestimating her in a lot of ways. And it made me very happy later later on in the show when she, like, started having her kind of solo arcs and, like, going off with Badger on their own and doing, like, their things together and just 
Birdie, this is like the beginning of a very, very good character arc for her. So, yeah. I can't argue with that. That's fantastic. <laughs> argument. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any um, closing thoughts, crew, the three of you who worked on this show from the beginning and all that, about these, the time together and uh, making these episodes or just in general? What you're saying it is if Zeph's not going to come back for another episode. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was We're going to see him before again. we... It's been very uh, nice knowing you all. Any um, <laughs> <laughs> leftover thoughts or anything like that. But if not, we can save it for next time. Again, I'll just go back to and Zeph saying when he was 13 when he started this and he's 17. That's crazy. 17 now, you know, over the course of the few years we were doing this, everybody not only grew together close like like a family, but they also grew up on the show as well. So that was kind of interesting. And I think I think Cyrus's uh, overall long arc really represented that too. He just was, I mean, for me, he really grounded the entire show. So Zeph, you did such a great job on all of that. And it just was absolute, yeah, absolute pleasure, man. You just, it was just so fun to see you grow as a character and as a, as a human being and everything. It was just really, Aww. really, really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Totally agree. As one last quick aside that's slightly more comedic um, in terms of like <laughs> development. Because you can't things, take a compliment? Things, no, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's not why. That's not why. I just remember a very funny moment in terms of like cast closeness of Shahadi trying to set me up with one of her friends. Um, <laughs> I, didn't I, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Six minutes rewind. We're getting the behind the scenes. Here. Oh, yeah. You're getting all the tea. And did it work out? No, no, I was I was dating someone at the time. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was mooching off of Cyrus Anders' girl confidence and really just living it up. Perfect. You could have had the double girlfriend situation again. It would have I'm been kidding. a great story if you'd gotten married from from a six minute setup. That's yeah. true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Fans would love that. Absolutely yeah. fun. That's, that's <laughs> such great behind the scenes info. I love that. I love when the behind the scenes get the guys who are behind the scene, get the people who are behind the scenes more behind the scenes info. This is yeah, this is why so we true. do this we show. We got behind the scenes we even did. more. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming, Zeph. Thank you for having me. Really, really fantastic. And I just let me think. Uh, oh, Jess, I hear some music. What? Oh, gosh. All right. So if you'd like to be on the show, email me at jessica at jzmshows.com with a clip of why you should be on the show. Listen to episodes 16 through 19 next. Peace, love, and obos. Peace, love, and obos. Peace, love, and obos. every day for two years. I hate climbing trees. I'm Deborah Goldstein, host of the podcast The Big Fib, and half of those statements were indeed fibs. On every episode of The Big Fib, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert and the other is a liar. And it's the job of our human child contestant to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. We've had episodes on everything from Minecraft to mythology and from Lego to libraries. Join me and my robot co-host, Lisa, on The Big Fib on Apple Podcasts or on gzmshows.com.